This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, let's start with a reminder. The deadline for registering your group's event for the St Albans Sustainability Festival is this week, so you're going to need to get your skates on. Now, you'll remember that all groups, organisations, companies and individuals around the district are invited to register an event to take part in this year's festival. And just to recap, SUSFest is two weeks of events organised by all those different groups and it's from the 23rd of May to the 6th of June. Now, the event can take place in anywhere over the district, not just in St Albans, it can be Harpenden, and Redbourne Villages. It can be anything that helps us be a bit more sustainable and as I say, run by people, people like you and me. Now, you're going to register now to ensure that your event appears on the SUSFest website and is part of their online programme. Now, your event really doesn't need to be anything complicated and there is loads of inspiration on the SUSFest website. That's SUSFest.org, where you can also register events. So go on, you can still do it and it will be a shame to miss out on what is now probably the biggest sustainability themed festival in the country. Now coming up on this week's show, Catherine Ross from Sustainable St Albans wants your views on action for climate change and Kate Mackay explains why shielding earth workers are getting postcards from their plot. But first... Concerned about the loss of so many local trees, St Albans man Michael Ormiston has just launched not one but two petitions to Parliament proposing that permission to fell trees should come with a requirement to contribute towards replacements. He's a member of the St Albans Tree Action Group. I spoke to Michael to find out more about the petitions, but first I asked whether he could tell us a little bit about himself. Yes, I've lived in St Albans for 30 years and I became a tree warden about two years ago. Joining the the Tree Action Group has um, provided something of a new lease of life and this petition is one of its projects. So what was it that led you to launch these two petitions? Well, a lot of trees are cut down in our cities every year. It's estimated that about 60,000 trees are lost from conservation areas every year, and a lot of them are not replaced. So uh, it's really a way of generating some funds, firstly to plant trees in our cities and improve the urban environment, and secondly to assist reforestation projects anywhere in the UK. Okay, so you, you gave us a little flavour there of the two petitions. Can you just tell us the, the wording for them? Yes, the first one is that residents who fell trees in conservation areas should contribute a certain sum of money towards urban replanting in addition to any local planting they might do. And the other one is that developers who fell trees in the course of developments anywhere in the country should contribute to reforestation projects. So why did you decide on two petitions rather than 
what might be seen as simpler, just having one? Because the wording of the petitions which you're allowed is very limited. Okay, and these are parliamentary petitions, so it, the, it's actually par- um, quite prescribed how you can how you can word them. Exactly. So, looking at the first petition, why did you decide just to focus on trees in conservation areas rather than in gardens in general? If you live in a conservation area, you do have to notify the council that you're going to take the tree down. But if you live outside a conservation area, then you don't have to give any kind of notice that you're felling the tree. So nobody knows uh, and, and couldn't impose any kind of financial penalty or whatever. And why do you think that trees in gardens are so important and need replacing? They absorb carbon dioxide and we all know what climate change is doing to the world. They provide habitat for birds and insects and wildlife in general. And also they look beautiful, don't they? Yep. Well, yeah, indeed. I think a lot of people would agree with that. So turning to the other petition, the one about developers felling trees, I mean, isn't it better to keep the trees that we have rather than chop them down and replant more? Shouldn't we be saying you have to build around the trees? I couldn't agree more. If you replace a mature tree with a sapling, decades will pass before the tree grows to maturity and absorbs its full quota of carbon dioxide. But I think we have to accept that development's gonna going to continue willy-nilly and at least planting trees is going to make a contribution and the quicker we start, the better. Indeed. So how do you envisage that the reforestation fund that you propose might work? There are, of course, a lot of established reforestation projects, some of them sponsored by government, some by organisations such as the Woodland Trust. This is just an additional fund. As far as urban planting goes, the the councils are strapped for cash, and this provides at least some money to plant beside roadsides or in open spaces, that sort of thing. As far as the national reforestation goes, then the money could either be there for establishing brand new forests, or it could be added to existing projects. So you've launched your petitions. How many signatures do you need and and what happens if you collect them? Well, we're aiming for 100,000 for each petition. And the reason is that if you get that number of signatures, the petition will be considered for debate in Parliament. It's not to say that you will necessarily get it but at least it will be considered. Okay, that sounds quite a high bar, but fingers crossed that you reach it. Michael, thank you very much indeed for telling us about that. I was speaking there to Michael Ormiston, and you can find the two petitions that he's launched in the notes that accompany this podcast on the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com, or you can find it on the St. Albans Environment Action Group website. Just search for St. Albans Environment Action Group and scroll down to the Tree Action Group section. And if you're interested in doing more for local trees, then you might want to join the Trees of St Albans Facebook group where you can share your love of, actions and concerns for trees. Now, Catherine Ross from Sustainable St Albans wants us to fill in a new questionnaire. I spoke to Catherine and I started by asking what the questionnaire is all about. So we've launched a new questionnaire for local people to give us their opinions on the climate emergency and to make suggestions for the changes that they think will have the biggest impact on reducing carbon emissions all around St Albans District. 
Okay. So can you just give us a flavour for the kind of areas that the questionnaire covers? Absolutely. So it asks people for their opinions on a whole range of options, including, for example, local tree planting, electric car charging posts, bike lanes, making homes more energy efficient. Uh, so all the things which we think would, could potentially have the most impact. Okay. So this isn't um, a kind of a test on how environmentally friendly we are. This is more about perhaps what we'd like to see or how, um, how we can make improvements. Absolutely. We're trying to find out which things local people think are most important and which things they're willing to put their their backing behind. Uh, And there's also a section on the survey for people's own uh, big, wild ideas. If they could see one big project happening in the district, what would they love it to be? Okay, that certainly sounds interesting. So what's the background to the questionnaire? Why do you want this information? So you would remember that in July 2019, the council declared a climate emergency. And it's set up a climate advisory group and it's created an action plan. Um, And we sit on the climate advisory group and we want to be able to feed in really valuable information about what local people think so that we can prioritise action. And we also want to encourage individuals to take more action in their lives. So the survey highlights some of the things that individuals can be doing. And then later in the year, we're planning a community engagement programme and the information from the survey will really help us know how to do that and where to focus it. And there's an added incentive as well as just doing helpful stuff. What's the added incentive? A random prize of £100 for one of the people that completes the survey. Okay, well, that all sounds good. And, And just roughly how long would it take to fill in the survey? Is it a very long one? About 10 minutes. So who do you want to fill in the questionnaire? You said uh, local people. Is this just people in the city of St. Albans, the whole district? Anybody lives in Hertfordshire? Who is it aimed at? It's for the district. So anyone who's a resident of St. Albans city and district. Right. Okay. And where do we find the questionnaire? So the link is bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash S-A-D-C climate survey. Or it might be easier just to go to the Sustainable St. Albans website and it's on the front page. Excellent. And so presumably you want us to not just fill it in ourselves, but also fill it in and share it with our local friends. Oh, please do. If you're in a local network, a a book group, a local business, whatever network you're in, it would be brilliant if you could share it because the more people that fill it in, the more weight the findings have. Brilliant. Catherine, thank you very much indeed for telling us all about that. Thank you for having me. Now, as Catherine said, you can find the questionnaire on the Sustainable St. Albans homepage, sustainablestalbans.org. And I've also put it in the notes that accompany this podcast on the podcast page of radioverulam.com. Now, as you're probably aware by now, Earthworks is a lovely organic garden on Hicksbury Lane to the east of St. Albans, where those with learning disabilities can join in social and therapeutic horticulture. It's been a particularly hard year for them with many earth workers having to shield at home and miss out on so much that Earthworks gives them. However, ingenious as ever, Earthworks have found ways of keeping the connection going and have drawn comfort from the generous support that local people have been providing during hard times. I spoke to Earthworks' Kate Mackay. Kate, thank you for joining me. So the lovely people of St. Thomas, they haven't forgotten about Earthworks during lockdown, have they? Tell us about some of the lovely things that local people have been doing for you. They haven't forgotten us at all. We have a supporter, Lewis Wynne, and his friends have been 
virtually running and cycling to St Albans twin town in Germany, Worms, and they have raised over £3,000 for us, which is just incredible. And we've had some fantastic help with our printing as our printer has been broken the last few weeks. Um, so it's been really wonderful for the people of St Albans to rally round to Earthworks. That must be comforting for you, um, just to be able to keep things going and then know that you're sort of still there in people's minds. So has the new COVID rule changes made a difference to you? We do have a number of earthworkers shielding at home, yes. So we are helping them at home. We are supporting them at home and also on those earthworkers who are on site. So we are providing the earthworkers who are at home with pots and compost and seeds, flowers and some salads and some instructions to grow their own flowers and vegetables at home. And they also receive journals from us with worksheets and postcards of their plots. So each earthworker has a one metre squared plot at Earthworks and we've been sending them postcards of what that plot is looking like every week, which is lovely for them to see that. And those earthworkers who are on site are weeding their plots for them, which is really lovely. Good teamwork. That does sound... That does sound really lovely because actually when you've looked after a plot, it becomes a bit of you, doesn't it? You really care about it. So I'm sure that is really reassuring. So um, apart from the the weeding, like you've mentioned, what other kind of things uh, are you busy with um, at Earthworks at the minute? Well, at the moment, we have just finished our toilet project, which is very exciting. (laughs) We did have some compost toilets that weren't working at all last year. And we were able to crowdfund and we received some grants for some funding to build new toilets that will be easier to use and clean. And they will help minimise the risk of transmission during the pandemic. So now that they are almost up and running, almost finished, they will help protect earth workers, staff and volunteers right now in the pandemic and into the future. And of course, they'll be available when we do eventually hold our seasonal events once again and we have the community into our site. Okay well I imagine that is uh, is very welcome news for people who are down at Earthworks at the moment. It sounds a bit of a grim thing as toilets but important for those who are using them. So I know what Earthworkers are like, you like to get your hands into the soil and uh, to be doing things in the garden. What kind of jobs uh, are there to do at the moment? Well, it's been really good to see the sun coming out recently. That's been absolutely lovely. Um, But along with the plants growing, of course, a lot of weeds are growing too. So there's been a lot of weeding, getting the beds ready for the eventual planting out of our seedlings that at the moment are in the polytunnel. So we've been doing a lot of watering of the seedlings and we collect water all year round in our huge Uh, water butts and also an enormous 10,000 litre underground tank which is beneath our patio. So it's very important to us to collect that water sustainably and uh, to use it on all our plants. And at the moment it's all the little seedlings in the pony tunnel that we're looking after. So that sounds like something that we could be thinking about is sustainable water in our own gardens and perhaps fitting water butts if we've not got them already. So you're also looking forward to the summer and your event for the St. Albans Sustainability Festival. What what are you thinking of doing? Yes, we are thinking of recording a slow video with ambient science and sounds of earthworks. 
So experiencing the natural world supports our well-being. So we hope people will be able to watch the video of Earthworks and just slow down and relax and find some inspiration with the sights and sounds of Earthworks during the day. Wow, that sounds intriguing. I can't wait to see that. Kate, thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much, Amanda, for having me. Oh, I just love that idea about sending postcards with pictures of how your plot is being cared for. It's just brilliant, isn't it? And what a great idea they have for the Sustainability Festival. That's more inspiration if you need it to register your own event. Now, I always love to hear from you, so do stay in touch. If you're on Twitter, we're at at RV underscore environment. Or if you're on Facebook, go to the Environment Matters Facebook page where you can message, message me from there. Or if your email is your thing, then you can drop me a line on amanda at radioverulam.com. And it's always great to hear your comments or your ideas about the show. I am going to be back at the same time next week. But until then, thanks for listening.